This is the S Podcast, and we have a great fight. Great card this weekend. It could have been better. We'll get into that with the Martinez situation and pulling out of this fight. But let's get to the main event. Um, just a fantastic matchup of two t- legit top guys. And you have to say legit top guys because you have guys that, um, you know, they win the, uh, of some form of some belt. And, you know, that belt makes them stronger for some reason. But that's not the situation. Like, this situation is legit two top guys at the weight class of 115 pounds. And that's Jesse Bam Rodriguez versus Sol Rumbasai. And Sol Rumbasai, if you know, just to refresh your memory, is the man that knocked out Cole Chocolatito, right? Got the controversial decision in the first fight. In the rematch, there was no question. He puts Chocolatito to sleep. Now, Jesse Bam Rodriguez is, you know, uh, was a prospect turned, you know, world champ. Now, with the um, has the capability, it seems like to be a superstar in the sport, and that's at the lower weight classes, right? At a lower weight class, he has, it seems like he has the opportunity to be a superstar in the sport. Uh, very talented, a lot of ability, very fun to watch, um, very creative, very balanced, great footwork. Lomachenko esque with his footwork. I think that uh, some people probably don't want to say that, right? But he does, he does have some things that you would see Lomachenko do. He's very gifted himself. He's not no knockoff Lomachenko or anything like that. Everything he does with his legs is just as talented as anyone in boxing. And so Roman size power is still there. Um, his last big fight was against uh, Francisco Estrada, who's to me the best guy in the weight class, even though he has, I know, the controversial win over Chocolatito. You know, just technically he's the best man in the weight class, right? He's the champion of the weight class. I would, I would consider him the true champion of the weight class, just going off to official decisions. But um, so Rumsai's last big fight was him, and Rumsai made a very interesting choice to fight Orthodox in that fight, even though he's a southpaw. Uh, usually, um, he fights Orthodox like a majority, uh, especially the first half of the fight, and he just doesn't look like the same guy. He looks uh, real clunky with that style. Doesn't seem like something he's very loose with, and it's very hard to explain. Like uh, when you switch southpaw to Orthodox, and some fighters can do it, but. Sometimes uh, there's a noticeable uh, fall off when someone does it, and uh, I've I've trained both sides before, like uh, southpaw and orthodox. I, I feel comfortable doing both, but there is one side that's just it takes a little longer for my brain to connect with, and it's not as smooth. It's not it doesn't do the you know. There's some motions I can do with the other side that I can do with one side, and I was so side. I really noticed in that fight that he couldn't do some of the motions that he was smoother when he switched to Southpaw in the second half of the fight. I haven't got an answer on why he fought Orthodox. I don't know. I I was looking up just maybe there was an interview where he explained that. I, I couldn't find it. Why he won in that fight Orthodox. But when he went Southpaw, he obviously had more success. He, he was just looser with it. I'm not saying that if he was Southpaw the whole time, he would have won that fight. But it was definitely a, a different Sol Rumbasai when he was Southpaw in the fight. And uh, I expect him to stay Southpaw at this point. It's not like... Uh, Orthodox versus, you know, it's not like he's fighting Orthodox fighters, so he's going to go Orthodox to try to match and mirror what uh, what he's uh, facing and make it maybe create, create openings for himself. No, I, I imagine he stays Southpaw for this fight. But if he does do that, I just, I don't think he's, you know, the, I don't think it's 100, like it, it's it's interchangeable for him. I don't really believe that. With a guy like Bam Rodriguez, it might be more interchangeable. He's more athletic to me. His legs are just more, more stable. They just seem like they're more capable of doing stuff. And if you notice, like, even the, when he knocked down Quadras, that was off of um, spinning Quadras. And when he spun him, he switched stance in the mid his movement. 
and Quadros got off balance because he was spun, but Bam was able to switch his legs, and that quickly allowed him to get back in position to punch, which ended up dropping Quadros. So he's a guy that's very capable of doing that. Um, when it comes to Bam in this fight, and you know Bam is young, he's about I believe he's like 22, 23 years old. He's the youngest world champion in the world, actually, right now. I really think the Bam's footwork, hand speed, balance, positioning, he could. He, I think he could have a field day with Soromas. I think he can land wherever he wants. I think he can really pile it on. Where I think it gets interesting is because of Bam's style, he's kind of always... He, what he does is he moves very good in tight spaces. But the problem is when you're in tight spaces... You're always kind of at risk. It's like when you only see the ships, like in a movie, and he's like, you can go through a meteor field, right? And the guy takes control and he's like, avoiding all the meteors, and he's, you know, but he's still like, you know, once in a while he'll nick one or something like that. He'll, he, he, it's just tough. You couldn't consistently do that without hitting one, right? Bam kind of try, tries to consistently do that without getting hit, right? Without taking great damage. Um, and it's a dangerous way to fight, especially against a guy like Soromasai, who I think if Bam was to, you know, move around and box. It's not really a, a style that I've seen him fully do a full fight, but if he would do that, I think that makes it really tough for Soromasai. I don't think Soromasai's legs allow him to get to the position he needs to, but if you're going to stay in, even if you're able to cut corners, uh, turn them around, uh, be in a good positioning, you're still going to give him the chances he needs. I think Soromasai is going to have opportunities that he wants in this fight, I do expect that Bam would just be too much, too balanced. Uh, one thing to look out for what Bam does is his straight punches, right? His straight jab, his straight left. They're very, like, there's no fat on them at all. It's a, it's kind of an unappreciated part of his game. As he hits you with a jab, it's it's very straight. No, most, not, no wasted motion on it. His straight left is no wasted motion on it. I think that he's going to have a lot of success. I think he's going to be able to hit sore whenever he wants. I think he's going to be able to spin him, do all these things. You're going to see sore fall off balance. I wouldn't be surprised if even sore gets dropped a few times just because of balance issues. I would not be surprised in this fight. He was, he puts a lot into his punches. He could get turned around. I think he could miss, uh, with some wide shots, fall over and, and uh, bam counters him to drop him. But if you're going to be playing, you know, in the meteor field, you might get hit once in a while, right? You might, uh, you're taking a chance. You have to almost be perfect. And I guess the guy, so like, so Romasai, he only needs to be perfect for a second. It's like that thing he has power. This guy's got to be perfect the whole fight. So Romasai only needs to be perfect for a second. And I have seen Bam kind of slow down midway through fights. It's a lot of motion what he's doing. It's a lot of energy what he's doing. I have seen him slow down. Even in the Quadros fight, he slowed down. He slowed down. Now, did he pick it back up? Yes, he did. But he did slow down in that fight. There was portions where he was more hittable. He also sometimes stays inside and gets a little too cute. Like he tries to, um, he he'll drop his right hand and try to block his right side with his left hand over his shoulder, like trying to catch it. Now, sometimes he's a little late with that. He reads it wrong, or sometimes it's just even though you do that, you're putting your um your left hand on that side to block your chin, there's still openings, right? There's still, the, you got your ear here, your top of your head, the back of your ear. You had, there's still openings there. And it gets a guy like Sorongvisai, you give him, you know, that if he can put in a shot right there, it, that might be all he needs. So you're going to kind of have to watch Bam 
I think early on he's going to be very effective. I think he's going to land a lot of shots. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Sora goes down a few times. The middle rounds and that that portion where he kind of slows down, doesn't have the exact same movement. He's a little bit more tired. Kind of has to build his energy back up. That's going to be a point where it gets interesting. And just the parts where he just stays in too long. Uh, gets a little cute, has a little bit too much success on the inside and says, well, if I'm landing, I'm going to keep landing. That's another thing that happens. If you land on a guy and he's easy to be hit, a lot of times you'll just you'll keep doing it. You're just going to keep going to the well and to the well and to the well. And before you know it, you're kind of like in a dogfight because you're just landing and teeing off on this guy. But if the guy can take it, and so Romicide seems like the kind of guy, in, from if you look at all his past fights, is the kind of guy that can take it. You might stay in there too long, or you might end up in a dogfight or uh, a firefight that you really don't need to be in, but it's just because you're landing and having success, you just stay in there. So I, th- these are the kind of things, with Bam's inexperience, could really get him in trouble in this fight. But if he can avoid all those things, and if he can stay focused and maybe not, you know, choose not to get greedy, and have a, a very mature fight, this fight, and... He can still dominate. I think he has the ability to dominate this fight. I think he has the ability to win a lopsided decision. Maybe, you know, I don't want to say a stoppage because Sorum's like the kind of guy who could take a shot. He, he's a durable guy. I don't want to say stoppage. I think he could really put it on him. I would take Bam decision in this fight. Like I said, it's just going to be the points where does he get greedy? Does he get overconfident? Does he give Sor too many opportunities on the inside? Is Sor going to do something stupid like try orthodox, which he was hitting pads in the orthodox stance? Um, that, These are the things. I'm going to pick Bam in this fight. Lopsided decision. I think that he's going to be able to tee off whenever he wants. I Just those little points, right? And like I said, Sor only needs to be perfect for a second. And can he land and use this guy's inexperience against him, use his confidence against him in this fight? To be very interesting, I think it's a, a actually a battle of just experience and mentalities in this ring. I think that really is because ability wise, it's bam all the way. But the mentality, the discipline, all those things, and the veteran of Sorumbasai versus you know the maybe over overly confident young fighter coming up, world champion. Let's see how that plays. You know, see, let's see what kind of factor that plays. In the cool main event, we have uh, MJ versus Ronnie Rios. Now, I call him MJ because his real name is Morojon Akhmadiliev. I might have nailed that one. I don't know. I, I said it a few times before I recorded to, you know, try to get it. I might have nailed that right there. That might have, you know, I, I, that felt good about that. But this is called MJ, right? Because that's what he said his nickname is versus Ronnie Rios. Now, MJ is the more talented fighter. There's a, uh, MJ has a lot of ability. He's obviously gifted now i don't think ronnie reels is gifted in the way mj is right he doesn't have the, the explosiveness the power the leg movements just the athleticism that mj has but ronnie reels does have some gifts he's durable he's tough um he's relentless he's able to be in kind of like firefights and stay calm there are gifts that he has right i think a lot of times that we in these matchups if you have one guy like that's you know a lot of times, like, you have a guy that's like, oh, this guy's the power puncher and this guy's the boxer. So there's no way the power puncher can win a decision. That's just because that's just how we want to make it as simple as possible. And it's much more complicated than that. MJ does have all these physical gifts that you can see when the ring happens, again, in the ring. 
But Ryan Rios has gifts that maybe it's going to take some time to see, right? As a fight plays out, you'll start to see it. And it's toughness and it's the ability to be durable and the will to come forward and not allowing one shot or two big shots to deter him from his goal. And that's what he's going to need in this fight. He's going to need that. It's going to take grit. It's going to take all these things. And those aren't just things in movies or those aren't just things that, you know, anyone could pull out. No, sometimes some guys are gifted with it. I think Ryan Rios might be the kind of guy that could be gifted with it. And if he is, then this could be a very interesting fight. Because early on, I don't think he's been able to catch MJ. I don't. I don't believe he will be able to catch MJ. I think MJ is going to be able to keep the distance. I think MJ is going to be able to take him, pick him apart with a 1-2 and wait for him to open up from too far away and hit him with some looping shots. I expect that. But the key flaw in MJ's game is he doesn't have it inside the game. And I, he doesn't just have it offensively. He doesn't have it defensively. And he could fall apart. And Ryan Reels wants to get on the inside. And he's going to apply, apply forward pressure. And he's not just kind of guy like with dumb forward pressure. He's kind of pretty smart like on where he chooses to work. And he will work from a distance. He will work his way in. And sometimes, you know, people say, well, you know, you can't punch from too far away because you're setting yourself up to be countered. But sometimes when you punch from far away, it allows you to come in and it's not like the guy can fully commit to his power, right? He can maybe counter you, but he, you're coming in on him and he can't uh, fully evacuate his defense, right? It's kind of like cover fire in a way. I see Ron Rios capable of doing that. Now, what I am curious about Ron Rios is work, work rate in this fight because while being a pressure fighter and all that, it's not like sometimes he goes all sells out and then i think he's kind of gonna need to sell out in this fight especially when he could get on the inside when he could get on the inside of uh you know i want the fight poster behind me i should have had that up right away but when he could get on the M- inside of mj he can really um break mj's mentally physically because mj is not comfortable in there he's not comfortable on the inside but ryan reels is gonna have to let the first rounds and maybe the some of the big shots he might take or just lopsidedness of the first rounds not break him mentally he's gonna have to come and be energized in the midway section of the fight to the second half of the fight and even if he's down on the scorecards to keep pushing forward to get to the spots where you can have success and that's gonna be on the inside applying pressure and letting mj you know kind of tire himself out and kind of wilt to the pressure i'm gonna pick mj in the fight i think that he's gonna be up on the scorecards by the time we get to the midway point, I think it'll be a big, I don't expect him um, to start having issues until this later in the second half of the fight. I think that they will peak. Uh, I think you will see them. I think when they get on the inside, you'll see, you know, his limitations there. And he is athletic gifted, but I don't think he's um, like, I don't think his movement is the most craftiest. I really don't. I think a lot of it relies on just he has a good legs and he has a spring. He's springy, right? But I don't think that he knows how to buy himself time. I don't think he knows how to maybe cut a corner that so we're not wasting that much energy. No, he could make him waste a lot of energy and he, he could make him very active. And a guy like Ryan Rios, let's see if he can tire out MJ later in the fight. Now, if MJ wins this fight, there's a Fulton fight for him, maybe possibly even an in a way fight. It could get very interesting for him. He, this fight is, you know, could be the fight right before all these big opportunities for him. So it's going to be a fight that he really needs to win. He, this is his moment to really shine, to stand out after Fulton had his performance, after in a way had his performance. And you can possibly make your statement here that you're at the level with those guys. Cause I think that a lot of people are, 
have him a few notches below Stephen Fulton and a, a, a couple notches below in a way. I don't think people are seeing him as equal to those guys, even though he has you know a claim to where he can also be undisputed in his weight class. I don't think people see him in there. So he needs to make a statement. I don't think his last performance is a little shaky. I think that he's going to have some shaky moments here. I'll take him in a decision, but I'm very curious if Ronnie Reels can get on the inside to him. Ronnie Reels is a live underdog. I believe he's plus 400. Might want to look into that. I think that there's going to be opportunities for him in this fight. The first fight that's going to open up the card is Jessica McCaskill. Well, maybe just like the main card or... This is like the main, I just want to say like the main card because it does also gets a little like, you know, prelims and all that. It gets a little interesting. But Jessica McCaskill versus Alma Ibarra. And McCaskill is undisputed for women's welterweight. Um, and Alma Ibarra, who's I'm going to guess not, a, you know, a household name or, you know, people. I don't think people are going to be a lot of uh, really familiar with her going into this fight. But she does have some things that I, I like about her game, but I think she has some abilities to maybe make. Uh, make this fight interesting. I just don't think she has the athleticism or um, the power or pop to keep McCaskill on the on the outside. But McCaskill has shown a little bit of signs, maybe a slowing down. Uh, you know, she's been fighting for a while. She's uh, you know a little bit older. I think that if Alma Ibar could keep this fight on the outside, it could be very interesting. But I think McCaskill, who is a buzzsaw, who is a lot crafter than what it looks like in there. We'll figure out a way to really capitalize on the inside, and Ibarra cannot keep up with McCaskill on the inside. And I think McCaskill is going to, you know, her unorthodox style or a style that you can't really train for, her punching her way in uh, with big shots and working on the inside and really roughing you up. I think that maybe early, Alma Ibarra is going to have some success, but it'll be over time that McCaskill begins to break her down and really stand out in this fight. I'm going to pick McCaskill by decision in this fight. I think that uh, McCaskill's kind of an underrated fighter you know when you give her credit um for you know she beat cecilia Braggis twice she's worked through a lot of losses so this is a person with a great heart a great mentality and you know she's proven in the ring and she's proven outside the ring that she has no quit in her i think that there'll be points in this fight like i said where alma's gonna have success on the outside she she's all right on the outside she has some she has uh, some decent boxing on the outside but I think when McCaskill gets on the inside and she buzzsaws her and breaks her down, I think that Alma's going to have, she doesn't have the athleticness, explosiveness enough that where she slows down, it's like really slowing down. Her legs are really slow down. And I don't think she's disciplined enough or conditioned enough to me to keep McCaskill outside and to be able to find the space with your, with your legs when you need it, to have the strength to not get worn down when McCaskill's roughing you up on the inside. I don't think she's going to have that. I think she'll fall apart. I'm going to take McCaskill by decision. Now, um, El Rey Martinez was supposed to fight on this card. He was supposed to fight a rematch or a Royal. And in the last fight, if you remember, Royal drops uh, Martinez early. Martinez comes back, drops a Royal. It looks like it's leaning towards Martinez, but it was it looked like probably possibly a very good fight. And then a cut happens, and a Royal, uh, he decides to, you know, uh, take his way out of that fight basically and I, I don't know if I blame him there's a few takes on it where I like saying that you know he should have finished should have show some heart I guess to finish the fight but I think that if you know it's a great opportunity for him one maybe one of the last opportunities for a Royal uh, and it was going to be a tough fight and he was put at a disadvantage that wasn't um, his fault or you know 
necessarily like caused by a punch or anything. The disadvantage was because of a headbutt that shouldn't have happened, right? And so why put yourself in a fight that you know might be your last opportunity? Why would you fight continue with it if you you know if there's a way out when you're already dis- at a disadvantage? Why wouldn't you take it right now? That's just, to me the smart thing to do, but maybe people question his heart or you know just. It, uh, or maybe say that he knew he was going to lose, so he wanted a way out of this fight. Well, he took a rematch. It was going to happen. And Martinez pulls out because of illness. Uh, Martinez goes on after that, a royal fight to fight Chocolatito. And this corner does him no favor. He takes a lot of beating. He takes a big beating in that fight. I had a post before that fight saying that I was selling uh, Martinez's stock. Um, I, have, I was selling his stock before the royal fight. Because he, he was too... His style was too much on just what he could take and what he could dish out. And there's a very short-lived run for guys like that. And you got to cash out on those guys early. And that's why I really think they took the rock, uh, the Chocolatito fight. Because they knew that if he was going to have any success or any, um, you know, put himself in for some big payties or everything, it had to happen early because those guys break down. And I really think the Chocolatito really broke him down. And I, he's probably, it's probably not recoverable. That's why I didn't understand why the corner didn't stop the fight. when It was a point where... You know, he had tried, he went in there, he made an effort, and Chocolatito was just landing at will. And they should have stopped the fight. I thought they could have saved him a few rounds of the beating, but he did it. And he might not be the same. Now, they took, he pulled out because of illness this weekend. And I'm, I, who am I to say that that's not the case? But I did think the fight was kind of soon from when Chocolatito uh, tore him apart. But he may never be the same as a fighter. And, uh, and maybe a Royal... Picking a royal this week wouldn't have been that bad of a bet because I was picking him in the first fight, and when he got the drop, I was like, okay, uh, I was on to something here. I think that uh, I think everyone, the vultures are circling uh, Martinez, and I think that everybody's starting to see it now. We'll see what happens going forward. They reschedule this fight or what happens. Uh, Would have been a great fight on this card. This card's still great um, with the great main event, and these are two legit guys in like at the main event with Ron Vasai versus Bam Rodriguez. Sometimes a guy wins a belt and we just say like, you know, oh, it's you know, these are two great champions versus each other. No, this is legit. There could be no belts here. These are two top guys at 115 pounds that are legit guys at a, in a stack weight division. 115 pounds to me, it's the number one weight division for just ranking all weight divisions. This is the number one weight division in boxing. Okay, you have Bam Rodriguez, you have uh, Francisco Estrada, you have Chocolatito, you have Ioka, you have Soran Vasai, you have um, Maloney. It, it's a stacked, stacked. Oh, uh, you have Bam's brother, Franco. It's, it's stacked, completely stacked weight division. It's the most stacked weight division. It has a solid top 10 guys. The depth, star power, quality of the guys uh, is right there. It's and these are two top guys fighting each other. That's why this fight's so good. You may not be familiar with these guys. You may not. Uh... This is the kind of thing where I would say, if you don't know these guys, right? Look them up on YouTube. Look up some storylines. You can e- you will easily be drawn into this fight. But if you don't want the time to do that, you're just a fan of boxing. You will enjoy this fight. That's all I got to say. If you're just a fan of boxing, this is a good card for you. A great card. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Ezra podcast.